morning. So good to see you all here today. And uh, I want to start just by saying how, um, how much of an honor it is and a privilege to, uh, to speak to you guys this morning. Um, and I, wa- I want to honor Pastor Wade and Pastor Cynthia. Let's give it up for them. Come on. They're tremendous. And it's, it, it, it's, it's such an honor to, to follow someone who prayed a prayer almost, almost a decade ago. And now he's seeing it come to pass, being faithful to what God has called he and his family to do and seeing it through. And uh, Pastor Wade, he's a man of action. He's a man of commitment. He's going to see it through. And I'm just, I'm privileged uh, to serve here at Emerge Church as our student pastor uh, with him and and to partner uh, with him. Um, That's that's incredible. I, I can only imagine what he's feeling seeing this happen. But that's what God does. God doesn't just give you a dream so you can go to sleep at night and enjoy your time, you know, not awake. God gives you dreams so you can live it out. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on. That fires me up. Man, I'm so excited uh, to, to be up here and speaking to you, to you all this morning. Uh, we've, we've been talking the, for the last uh, three weeks about squad goals here at Emerge Church. And uh, Pastor Wade has done a great job with some help from his family. Um, that's been really cool. And in week one, we learned that, uh, that for our first set of squad goals, we need to be on Team Jesus. Amen? We need to be on Team Jesus. And, you know, we, we can find ourselves in the middle of, of, a, of a situation, in the middle of life at times, whether you're in middle school, high school, married, whether you're living out your retirement plans. You, you may have find, found yourself wondering, who am I living for? What am I doing life for? Whose team am I on? And Pastor Wade showed us and taught us how we need to be on God's team. That team Jesus is the team to be on because Jesus is the best team captain. Because he chooses us. Jesus picks you with all your flaws, me with all my flaws. He picks us to be on his team. He's like, don't worry about it. I got you. We going to win. Okay? And I love that about Jesus. He chooses us, and he forgives the worst in us and brings out the best in us. There is nobody else like that. And so Jesus does that. We're on team Jesus. We get the worst forgiven and see the best happen. Um, In week two, Pastor Wade and Pastor Cynthia got up here, and they talked about squad goals for marriages and did a great job um, just showing us some goals like growing in your relationship, growing and showing your love. Come on. how we should uh, go the distance in your marriage. You know, commit to go the distance. Um, commit to do something for God. You know, God made you. He gave you, um, he, he, didn't want, he didn't want you to be alone. And he gave you a, a partner to do, do life with. But he wants you to do something for him. Okay? Um, and then he, he told us that, you know, in your, in your, in your marriage, have fun. Yeah. Have fun. Look, because the devil will tell you, have all your fun before marriage. Because after that, it's over. Well, no, 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 no. God says the fun happens inside marriage. Come on. The fun happens in marriage. And so in, in the responsibilities, in the priorities, have fun. Make time to have fun. And that also means boyfriends and girlfriends, you don't get married privileges. Okay? Let's keep that in mind. God set up healthy, holy boundaries. So save the fun for the marriage and have as much fun as you want. Um. Week three, he talked to us about parenting, and uh, my boys, Wade and Cynthia's boys, but my boys too, and my boys, Elijah and Judah, Moran got up here, and uh, they helped their dad uh, preach this message um, about, about parenting 
And Pastor Wade shared that it's so important that we build the relationship with our, with our kids. Build the relationship. And he said something that just, just caught my attention. He said, discipline without relationship is punishment. And we want to discipline our kids. We want to show them the way to go. We want to correct them so that they go the right way. But we want to build that relationship. And he, he talked about how there are phases of, their, of, of, of uh, childhood. And so from zero, from when your kid is zero to age 12, you're really more of a caretaker. You're playing two roles, caretaker and cop, okay? Uh, you, you know, you're... you're you're making sure that they eat their vegetables, and, you know, you're taking care of the dirty diapers, and then, you know, it's, it's hey, hey, clean your room. Come on. Clean your room. Blowing the whistle, all right? Um, clean them, get, get them to, to take care of their, their stuff. And then from 13 to 17, you're more of a coach. As a parent, we're, we're more, you're more of a coach, and, and that means that... Um, that there can be penalties, okay, because if the players ain't doing what they're supposed to be doing, they're going to run laps, all right? Come on, somebody. Uh, but as a coach, you're encouraging them, teaching them how to do this thing called life, how to be a responsible person. And then from 18 on, really as parents, you know, the, the rules stay in your house. It's your house, your rules. But at the same time, you're a consultant. Because from 18 on, you know, here in America, they're, they're adults. And we want to make sure that you've built that relationship enough to that point to where they ask you and they trust you. Your kids trust you and ask for your wisdom, ask for your advice. Because, come on, parents, it wasn't that long ago you were going through some of this stuff, okay? Every, we've all been through childhood. We've been in high school. We were in junior high one time. Just because we didn't have an iPhone doesn't mean we don't know what's going on, all right? Amen? Amen. Amen. And uh, this week... We, uh, we're pumped to be talking about squad goals for our friends. I'm so um, looking forward to sharing this with you. And um, because God God made us to not be alone. And uh, and he, he's, he's got special plans for our friendships. And we're going to go ahead and go to the word. Um, and then we're going to pray. It says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. And then again in verse 12. It says, two people are better off than one. For they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better A tri for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for being here with us. God, our Father, we thank you for watching over us and, and hearing our prayers today. We come to you, Lord, and we just ask that you would build our faith today. God, show us the, the, the right friendships that we need to have. Show us how to have goals for our friendships, Lord, that they wouldn't be there just to entertain us and support us in every single decision that, that we make, God. But help us to learn and discern, God, what it means to have a kingdom friendship and a kingdom mindset for the people that we allow into our homes and our lives. Holy Spirit, we pray for wisdom today, God. We pray, Lord, for truth, for love, and for grace to enrich us today, God, as we make these critical choices about who we do life with, God. And help us, God, to pick the people, to partner with the people who can help us become who you, who you made us to be, God. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. 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 Come on. You know, I was, when I was reading that verse, uh, verse 12, it says a person standing alone, standing alone can be easily attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. How many of you in the, in the audience, you're thinking of like a martial arts movie where it's like two guys back to back, you know? 
You know, it was like Chuck Norris and like, you know, one other dude, and they're taking on like a whole army of ninjas, and you know, might be worried about one of them, but you get two, they're back to back. They're going to take them all down. Come on. That's what God has planned for for us. The enemy may come, but when we have friends that God puts in our lives, we're going to take them down together with Jesus' help. Amen? Um, so uh, before we get into talking about friendships and some squad goals we should have for them, let's play a game. Anybody here like playing like games? I, I love playing games. We're going to play a game. We're going to play a game called Name That Squad. Name that squad. So we're going to put up a picture of a famous group of friends on the monitors, um, a famous group of friends from pop culture, uh, from maybe movies or a TV show. And if you know the group's name or if you know the name of the TV show or the movie, just yell it out, okay? Let's play Name That Squad. Let's get the first picture up. Name that squad. That's right, Golden Girls, boy. That's the squad right there. Sophia, she's hilarious. A-team, come on. All right, pivot, pivot, come on. The Goonies, come on. I will not shuffle, shuffle, no. Saved by the Bell. Pause it right there. Pause it right there. Man, I love Saved by the Bell. How many of you used to watch Saved by the Bell? Look, I probably watched Saved by the Bell at too young an age, but my parents didn't do the greatest job of monitoring, monitoring my TV activity. And so I was like nine years old watching this and thinking Zach Morris was the coolest guy on the face of the earth. And uh, I wanted to be like Zach Morris. I wanted to get the girls and, you know, be cool and have fun. And I was nothing like that at all, even though I attempted to put my hair like his. Check out this picture me trying to be like Zach Morris. Man, I was trying. Got that X-Men t-shirt on. Come on. I wanted to be Zach Morris when I was a kid. He was so cool. Um, so I, uh, I just, I, I love... I love watching movies and TV shows where, you know, groups of friends, uh, there's a, a, you know, an obstacle in front of them or they're just trying to, you know, figure out life together and have fun and there's jokes and all that good stuff. And I believe we all enjoy shows like that. We enjoy movies like that with people with a common goal, you know, overcoming things and, and getting along because God created us for connection. God made us to be connected with others. You know, even in the, in the very beginning, in the Garden of Eden, at, at, at creation, it's when God made everything and he, uh, he made the grass grow and he set the, the sun and the stars and the moon and all that. And he made people, he made Adam. He's like, it's pretty good. I did, I did a good job. Not bad, you know. And he said, but you know what? It's not good for man to be alone. And so he gave Adam um, Eve, his wife, and we see at the very beginning that God doesn't want us to be by ourselves. God intended us for, for us to do life with people, and he created us for connection to him and to others. And for many of us, before we meet God, before we have that, maybe it was a moment or an encounter, or maybe... Um, it was just a process where you grew closer to God than you ever had before, and it set you up for some great decisions you made as a believer. But before that happened, you made some friends. We've already made some friends from different places and for different reasons. You know, it's tough to go through school without a single friend. That's, that's tough. So we, we try to find friends, find friends. We want to be accepted. And... and we, we make friends for different reasons, and maybe you've made some friends that they don't want anything to do with God, but hey, they've been your friend for 25 years. 
And you just you get, you pick up where you left off, and you're trying to figure out how does this fit in what God's calling me to do now, and and who He's calling me and my family to be, um, and how does that person fit in there? We're going to talk about that kind of stuff today. Um, I believe there are friends in our lives that are connected to our past, our present, and our future. There are friends in our lives that are connected to our past, our present, and our future. And one of the traps we fall into with friends is being loyal to past friendships that drag us away from God and the present. They can drag us away from present friendships, drag us away from God's plans for us right now. And, you know, the desire to be loyal, to do right by a friend, that, that is a good thing, okay? I, I love my friends. I'm loyal to my friends. I can recall memories just off the bat with so many friends, some I've lost contact with and don't keep up with. Some I still do. You know, I've got one friend back in Louisiana. Man, we've been friends literally since diapers, all right? And that's my boy. Um, we, but we just, we don't do life together, but we keep up. Because we've always, we've always kept up. But I, I don't want what God, what's happening in his life to drag me away from God. And so I, I want to make sure I'm being loyal to what God has put in my path. And uh, we can fall into that trap, being loyal. You know, it, we see this in all sorts of situations, whether it's at work. Um, maybe you, you pick sides in a family conflict because you want to be loyal to one person who's been better to you than somebody else. But they really made the worst mistake, and it's not as bad as this mistake. And, man, does that get confusing and exhausting? Come on, we want to be loyal. Look, even in street culture, all right? In street culture, loyalty is valuable, all right? Snitches get stitches, all right? Come on now, let's, let's be real. Um, loyalty is valuable, but we don't want to be so loyal that we miss out on what God has for us. Um, our, our present friends may, um, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Loyalty to a friend shouldn't cost you what God has already paid for. You see, Jesus paid a high price for you. He loved you so much that he went to the cross for you. And he loved, he shed his blood, he took those lashes, and he, he, he went to the cross and he suffered and died for you because you are precious to him. Let's not trade what Jesus paid for us and let it cost us what he did, what he did for us because we want to be loyal to somebody else. Don't let that friend drag you away from what God has for you. Loyalty to a friend shouldn't cost you what God has already paid for. Our present friends may not always be here either. Our present friends may not always be here either. They could just be preparing us for the friends we haven't met yet in the future. You know, you've got friends in your past. You've got friends here right now. Um, I've got friends I've just made here recently in the last nine months here at Emerge Church, and I'm so thankful for them. And I believe that previous friendships have prepared me for the friendships I have now. And I don't even know. I, I trust that God has other friends for my future I have not even met yet. Because God has bigger things coming. Because the best is yet to come, right? Come on. So there's a friend in waiting that, 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 that's, that's going to help me become who God has called me to be. Um, you know, because life changes, life happens. Sometimes uh, you, you may move or your friends may move. I had this friend back in, uh, back in Louisiana, and um, he, he's a, uh, just a really great, committed, hardworking dude. He's an athletic trainer, um, and uh, we met through, through, the, through sports when, when I was working in, in sports back then. And uh, he, he has this thing I learned, I learned from him, like, hey, life happens. You know, if you can't make it to something because something came up or you have a family obligation, life happens. And sometimes life just happens and friends separate, okay? And then nobody did anybody wrong. It's just you're in different places at different times. And that's okay. 
That's okay. Our goal, we want to keep this in mind, our goal today um, is not having a lot of friends, but having the right friends. Our goal is not having a lot of friends, but having the right friends. And I want to give a shout out real quick to uh, our middle school and high school students. Real quick, love y'all. Shout out to certain students. All right, where you, you go to school and you, uh, you're here today, shout out, love you. Um, also want to let you know that popularity ends at graduation, okay? So if you're working hard to make as many friends as possible for everybody to know who you are, and maybe you're talented, maybe you're special, you know, maybe uh, you have nice clothes, and, or maybe you just have a great personality, that's awesome, but don't make popularity your goal. Because popularity doesn't lead you to God's plans for you. Okay, it ends at graduation. You don't want to be the person on the Florida State campus next fall with your high school letterman. Don't be that person. Okay, it ends at graduation. You can stay friends with some people, but I promise you, the people you're, you're around right now, you will not see them for many years. You'll track them on social media or you'll block them, you know, if you don't want to see them anymore. Um, so, <laughs> but just our goal should not be to have a bunch of friends, but have the right friends. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't be friendly, okay? God wants us to be a friend to everyone. The Bible says that Jesus was a, a, is a friend to sinners, and we want to be friendly to people because people matter, but don't make it your job to please everyone. The Apostle Paul wrote um, in, in, the New, in the New Testament, if I were to please people, I would not serve Christ. If, if I was supposed to please everybody, I would not be serving Christ. So you can't be a believer and try to please everybody. And I believe that some of us in here, we fell into that trap before where you, you've had anxiety. You've been stressed out because so-and-so didn't like you or so-and-so sent, a, sent a, a Snapchat that stuck, talked bad about you. I get it. That's rude, okay? Rude. But who cares? They're not God. And whatever they wrote it's probably a lie. So, hey, take a hike, okay? You can live your life. You don't have to please everybody, um, and you don't have to be friends with, every, with everybody. Amen? Amen? Come on. Come on. We're not here to make all the friends in the world. God has a lot of us here, and there's enough of us to be friends with all the different people, right? Come on. Come on. All right. Um, so we, let's go ahead and go right into our squad goals for kingdom friendships. Our squad goals... For kingdom friendships. The first one is accountability. Accountability. Our squad should ask tough questions and give tough answers. Our squad should ask tough questions and give tough answers. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And I don't know if you've ever um, seen some metalworking or anything before. Or maybe you've sharpened uh, a blade or something before. Maybe you like to hunt or you, know, you, you had to skin, skin a deer and you needed the, your blade was dull, whatever, okay? But when iron hits iron, when metal hits metal, some sparks fly a little bit, okay? Because you're making it more refined for a special purpose. That's how that works. And God wants us to have friends that will help us to be more refined for his special purposes. Come on. We want to have good friends, not just a support group for however we feel. We want to have good friends, not just a support group for however we feel. 
Let's not surround ourselves with people who just want us to be happy no matter the cost. That's not a real friend. If you and your spouse are having some issues and you're arguing and it's been tough for you to get on the same page late and you feel like she doesn't care about what I say and, you know, she's on the other side saying, well, he doesn't listen to me. You know, you don't want to be complaining and your friends say, well, I think you just do what makes you happy. You know, who cares? Just, you know, come, come hang out. Come out with the boys. Don't worry about her. Meanwhile, your marriage is falling apart. I don't think it's time for you to hang out with the boys, okay? Don't take a vacation from something that needs your immediate attention. Maybe you need to practice a little bit of humility uh, and, and, get, and get this thing right. You don't want a friend that's going to encourage you to make destructive choices, okay? Just do what makes you feel great. That's horrible advice. Don't do that. Don't do that. Make great decisions, not decisions that make you feel great. Come on. Some folks, some folks will watch their friend walk across Capitol Circle at rush hour and say, they just want a little excitement. It just, that's exciting. It's a thrill. You know, you don't know if you're going to live or die. It's being a daredevil out there. No, don't, don't, don't be that friend, okay? Or, or who am I to tell my friend what to do? Who am I to say something? We, you're a friend with some common sense, I hope, and you want your friend to make good choices. You know, if you're, if you're the kind of friend who just supports every destructive decision, every questionable choice they make with their finances, their time, their relationships, you're not a real friend. And if you continue that way, you're going to be a person with one less friend, okay? Friendship without a little friction is fiction. Friendship without a little friction is fiction. It's fake. It's fake. And come on, I've read the status updates. I've read the posts about fake friends. We don't need fake friends, okay? We're cr- and I'm talking about I'm talking about the youth too, especially the youth. I'm talking about, oh, they're fake. We don't want fake friends, you know. Don't be a fake friend. Be a friend who cares and has compassion and concern for someone else. Um, good friends challenge our choices with he- healthy concern. Good friends challenge our choices with healthy concern. Now, don't take it overboard and be the friend that's, like, questioning everything they do. You know, maybe they, they suggest, like, a place to eat. And you're like, well, I don't know. Should we go there? I don't know. If I, you know is it gluten-free? Okay, no offense to gluten-free people, okay? I'm not trying to offend anybody, all right? I understand that's a real thing, all right? It's a real thing. Um, let me step out of that hot water there. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but don't be the friend that, like, questions everything they do. Don't be annoying. Um, but be supportive and challenge decisions that you, you believe, man, I don't know about that. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's not good. Challenge that. Be a good friend. Um, the, sa- the second squad goal as a, for a kingdom friendship should be the go- to go in the same direction. To go in the same direction. Our squad should share common beliefs and values. Our squad should share common beliefs and values. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. And stick with me here, okay? I'm going to address some things. It says, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner 
was an unbeliever. Now, before you go and say that the pastor said you can't be friends with people who don't come to church or you can't be friends with lost people, that is not what I'm saying. All right? Be friends with lost people. Don't partner and do life with people who aren't going the same direction as you. Because let's hope, we're, look, I hope everybody in here, we're heading one direction, all right? There's some people out there who are heading a different direction. We can't go in the same direction, all right? We want to love on those people. We want to pray for those people. We want to be a light in their lives, and it's okay to be their friend. But who you partner with, who you do life with, should have some healthy guidelines, boundaries, and some shared values, Come on, don't, don't do life with someone who's not putting their life in God's hands. And y'all know what I mean when I say do life. I'm talking about the people that you're consistently spending time with them. It's who you, you, you do family lunch with. It's who you're, you're texting throughout the week. They get, make sure they have the same mindset, the same vision for their, you know, similar vision for their lives. They've got the same purpose that's, uh, you know, propelling them forward towards God's plans. Amen? Come on. I'm not texting uh, my friend who, who, who's not a believer, you know, asking him to pray for me. That would be silly and they would laugh, all right? That's okay. But that, that, if I need prayer, I'm, con- I'm, I'm calling my friend who loves Jesus like I do. Um, a team has common goals and common practices. I want to go back to that first verse. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. A team has common goals and common practices. If you are walking in purpose towards God, you can't force someone who isn't to come along. If you have a practice for your team, you can't force your friend who's not on the team to come along. All right? If they're not on the soccer team, don't drag your friend to the soccer practice. If your friend isn't on, isn't on, on God's team, be aware that they may not want to come to what you do. And so in your decision-making process, if they're not part of that, pray for them, but don't continually do life with them because teams have common goals. Teams have common objectives, and the people you partner with in your life is very important to achieve those goals. You can be their friend. You can pray for them, spend time with them, but your routine should not mimic their routine. You're going in a different direction, and your priorities should be different. I want to, I want to say this real quick. Um, I have uh, a friend of mine that, that uh, back... back Back in Louisiana, once again, um, you know, we, we were single in our late 20s, early 30s, and most of our friends had kind of, you know, they, they married, had kids. You know, they were busier in their schedules than me and this friend. And um, um, we, uh, we would hang out, catch movies, you know, get together and eat when we had free time. Uh, because the other friends, that, I mean, look, as a parent, you can't just drop everything you're doing. As a spouse, you can't just drop what you're doing. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go hang out with my boy. No, okay? doesn't work like that. And so we would hang out. But what I valued about this friend, we would hang out and spend time together. We had common interests. He also helped me make some good choices. You see, a friend can give insight, but they don't give oversight. A friend can know you and know your patterns, know your, know your, you know, your heart, know what you value. They can give insight, but they can't give oversight. That's someone who can see ahead for you. And this friend was a friend who pointed to oversight. So when I would share about what I felt like God had called me to do, when I, when I would share about you know, what God had put on my heart um, you know, to, to, to preach the gospel and to, and to, and to be in, in ministry, he pointed me to talk to my pastors. He pointed me, talk to someone 
who can help you. Talk to someone who can help you make that choice because I can't make that for you. But talk to someone with some oversight. And I'm, I'm so thankful for that friend who helped me believe and have some courage to, to go to, uh, to, to those who had oversight in my life. Amen? Amen. Come on. Our, uh, our third squad goal, our third squad goal for our kingdom friendships is to make room. Make room. Our squad welcomes new members. Our squad welcomes new members. I don't want to be a part of a church that doesn't let people come in, that doesn't accept new members because of one qualification or another. No, Jesus paid the price for everybody, and everybody belongs in God's house. It doesn't matter what you come from, what you look like, what you, what you believe. Um, it doesn't matter, uh, you know, how, how you vote. None of that matters here in God's house. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we want to make room for new members. Think about the last time you were the new person at a job or on the team. Think about the last time you were the new person at school. Maybe when you were the new family at church. And if you're new here this morning, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. We're glad you're here. But it's, di- it's different. I mean, it's, it's, you're a little nervous. You don't really know many people. When you're the new person on that job, you, you didn't know who you're going to get along with. You didn't know how people were going to react to you. I want you to know there's room at the, t- at the table for more. You know, Pastor Wade preached this great series um, about filling up the table, about having room at the table over the summer. And we got to put down some tables down here, and we poured hot boiled crawfish on the table. Come on, hallelujah. It was so good. Um, and we, we, had, we had sweet tea, and um, we had napkins, and, and it, was, it was incredible. And you just, he, he wanted to get the point across that we make room at the table so that people can get to know Jesus. And we want to be a... a a friend who makes room for new friends because people matter to God. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe if you've been to a crawfish bowl, you've been to a cookout or whatever, you know, a good, a good group of friends is going to scooch over just a little bit, make some room for you. Okay? You're going to BJ's, brew house, you know, they got the booths and everything. Maybe you're going to Island Wings, wherever you want to go, you know, good friends are going to scooch over just a little bit. Okay? Make some room for you at the table. And that's how we should be, that's how we should act. We should make room for new, for new members. You know, I'm so thankful for the families here at Emerge, at Emerge Church, who made room for me in their hearts and in their lives, in their schedules. I'm so thankful for the people who welcomed me here. I'm thankful for the e-group I was a part of over the summer where we just got together and, and honestly, we played board games. We, answered, we did some prayer requests and we prayed for one another. Um, either at the beginning or at the end, but we played board games, man. It was fun. I got to know some people, and they got to see my competitive side, and it could be a little off-putting, but they were okay with it, all right? And uh, we're still friends, and I'm so thankful for that group of people that accepted me and thankful for, for new friends here. I'm thankful for friends who've invited me you know, to, to watch the ball game and different things like that. Um, thankful for, for Gary Shiver who builds like a new deck covering like every third Tuesday of the month. You know, it's like, hey, come on over, man. Get in the pool. Watch the game. That's going to be great. Thank you, Gary. Love you, man. Love Gary. Um, so a great, a great way to make room is to invite your, invite your friends to e-group. That's an easy way. 
Invite your friends to e-group. Make room for new members in your life. That should be a squad goal is we want to be people who accept others, who want to invite people in to be part of what God's doing in our lives. Amen? And finally, finally, we want to make friends with God. We want to make friends with God. That's our fourth squad goal for kingdom friendships. It says in Romans chapter 5, verses 10 through 11, For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Come on. That's awesome. It's great to be a friend of God. You see, God is our creator. He is our father, our savior. And because of Jesus, he is our friend. He is our friend. And if, if you have a friend that doesn't know Jesus, that isn't a, isn't a part uh, of a church, make, make, make room for them. At the same time, help them become friends with God. Now, don't be pushy, okay? Nobody likes a pushy friend. You know, we've, we, I don't know if you've heard as much as I have, like, you know, man, they're just trying to shove their religion down my throat. You know, don't, don't be that person. But love on them. And by your character, come on, by your character and by your attitude and by how you treat them, let them know the character and the goodness and the grace of Jesus just in who you are, and they'll come. Because the Bible says it is the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. Come on. Come on. I mean, look, it may have worked in 1859. You just come in, the Bible says the hellfire come for the sinners. I don't work today in 2019, all right? Okay? We see those people at FSU sometimes. Nobody really pays attention to them. Just saying, all right? Be a friend. Make friends with God. And a great opportunity is coming right around the corner. If you have a friend who is not close to God, take the time to introduce them. Maybe invite your friend to your other friend's house. How many of you, like, you connected friends before? Like, one friend got connected to another friend because you were, like, the mediator and you felt good about it? Okay, and now, they, now they're hanging out, and they hung out without you, and now you're like, oh, do I, do I, like, get upset and insecure? No, don't be upset and insecure. It's okay, all right? They went fishing. You don't like fishing. You like, you like to watch uh, Netflix, and that's okay, all right? And so uh, but there's one good friend of mine. I love this dude. We met because he was dating a girl who was a friend of mine, and we met at a birthday party. And, man, he said, hey, bro, uh, I, like, I like Batman and comic books. And I was like, Shh, I love comic books, too. <laughs> Boom, all right? We instantly became friends, started talking. He's still a good friend to this day. Love that dude. And I made a friend because I went to a friend's house. God is present in this house. And if you invite your friend to your friend's house, I think there's a good chance there's going to be a connection. You know, in fact, there's something coming up. Maybe invite them to a celebration. Perhaps a festival of sorts. Perhaps a fall fest of all. All right? It's going to be so much fun because what, what your friends will see is church that is not done in a traditional way. Church that just loves to have fun. Church that loves to celebrate God's goodness. Church that loves to play games. Church that loves to attempt to throw a ball and see the youth pastor dunked in the dunkin booth. Bring it on, baby. Okay? Let them know we do church different because the church is not a building. It is a people. Come on. 
We do church different and let your friends, make them become friends with God because they, they came to an incredible event. And I just want to give a shout out real quick to those of you who may be thinking about getting water baptized. We're baptizing people next Sunday at our fall fest. And if you, have, if you believe that God's laid it on your heart to be baptized and you think that it's time for you to be obedient to that, sign up online. Sign up online. Get water baptized. I promise you, I will cheer my rear end off for you getting baptized. Okay, just like I cheer at a sporting event, I'm going to cheer for you because God is so pleased with your faith, and I'm happy for you. We're going to make friends with God. Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead, bow our heads. God's got great squad goals for our friendships, but it starts with what we allow him to do in our hearts. So we're going to go before God in prayer, and I want to pray for you. This morning, God, we ask you, help us to take a healthy look at the friends in our lives. Holy Spirit, reveal to us those friends that can help us grow close to you. Show us the friends who need our help to know you. And Lord, give us wisdom to know who to partner with and who not to partner with as we continue our faith journey. This morning, you may find yourself in what has been just a a great, friendly environment, but maybe at this point in time in your life, you're not quite friends with God. Maybe you were before, maybe you've drifted apart, or maybe you've just, you've never had any kind of encounter or any kind of real belief in in Jesus. We want to give you that chance today, today. And so if you're in here with us here at Emerge, and if you haven't given your heart to Jesus, or maybe you want to rededicate your life to him, we want to pray for you. We want to pray with you. Is there anyone here this morning that would say, Pastor Joey, I really, really need God back in my life again. I need him as a friend in my life. Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. We want to pray for you today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. You love us so much. Thank you. We're going to pray together and emerge. I would love for you to partner with us in this prayer and just repeat after me together. Dear Lord, we thank you for loving us. God, thank you for paying the price for me. Jesus, this morning, I confess my my sins to you. And I confess my faith in you. Make me right with you. Set me free. And help me to follow you the rest of my life. I commit my heart to you. I commit my decisions to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give it up for those who prayed that prayer.